This is the Elevators Podcast. We discuss all things elevating your life, work, and relationships as you are building your business and yourself. Here is your host, yours truly, Dylan Buck. What's up and welcome back to the Elevators Podcast. Uh, I'm excited for this one. I think this is going to be really relatable for a lot of people. Uh, Sean Rivas is just one of those salt of the earth type of people. In this episode, he talks about breaking through various belief barriers throughout his career and why it's worth it. And uh, everybody's career here in Family Heritage is going to look different. But this isn't something that clicked for Sean right away (laughs) like it does for some people. But he has seen more success than most over the course of his career due to the level of commitment that he embodies when it comes to sticking and staying and making this business pay, but also the commitment to growing as a person so he can actually appreciate the growth that comes from a healthy amount of struggle and a willingness to lean into it. I've only had the privilege of spending a little bit of time with Sean, but I've enjoyed every bit of it. Uh, There are not too many people more genuine than Sean Uh, He's a regional director. He's been here for 15 years come January. This guy knows what he's talking about. So enjoy Sean Rivas. All right. Thanks for having me. So I want to share just um, some lessons learned. And uh, at different points in my career, and and hopefully these things will be be helpful for you. And so uh, we'll start with when I first got started. You know, and so um, I'm from Georgia, and uh, my uh, my wife had an opportunity to uh, to go into uh, start working with the company out in Nebraska. And so I moved to Omaha, Nebraska, and so uh, and started in the insurance gig. And so my my first uh, few months, it was everything was new for me. You know, I was in a new new part of the country, new weather. Uh, everything was new job. And, uh, so I was getting started and it was January in Omaha, Nebraska, and I'm a Georgia boy. And so I remember that, gosh, the first day in the field, there was five inches of snow in the ground and I had a two wheel drive Nissan Pathfinder. Lovely. So <laughs> I, I remember backing out of the driveway. We kind of lived on a hill. I remember backing out of the driveway and it was the downhill the street and, uh, put it, put it in the drive and I just kept sliding backwards all the way down the hill (laughs) and then eventually made it to the highway and made it out to the field my first day and and uh you know my first three months were were pretty tough you know I know there's uh things are are a little bit different now this was 15 years ago and so uh, I think our systems are a lot better to help people when they're getting started but my first three months were were really challenging Um, I was working really hard but I wasn't getting quite the results I, I I thought I should be getting. I was paying my bills, but I wasn't. Uh, I definitely wasn't thriving um, my first three months. But I, but I was working hard and uh, but was able to survive it and get through it. And so um, I think the things that helped me get through it was just focus on high activity. And so I mean I was really consistent with my schedule, really consistent about the two out of three principle about getting in my you know eight nine ten hours a day six demos. I remember uh, making sure we protected a family. I remember. Uh, just begging some guy, hey, listen, I can't go home until I get my sixth demo. I've done five. Can I just show you this this accent policy real quick so I can go home? And so just that committed, maybe not the best demo in the world, but I was committed to uh, the activity. 
and um, never had a week that sold more than five policies in my first, you know, or more than five families protected in my first three months. And, um, and I got worse before I got better. My third month was kind of my, one of my worst months. And, uh, I remember, I think it was maybe my 12th or 13th week in the business, worked really hard, uh, worked 40 hours, did, you know, 25, 30 demos and didn't protect a single family. Oh, and, um, that night, that Friday night, we rented the pursuit of happiness. Oh, yeah. Um, you've seen the movie for sure. Will so, Smith. Will Smith. Yeah. He's a struggling sales guy. And the movie kind of opens, you know, he's trying to sell these medical devices and he can't sell them. And so then his, his wife leaves him, he gets evicted. He's like, and then there's this scene where he's in the subway with his son and um, he's basically, they're, not, they're homeless, you right. know? And, uh, and so he's you know, sleeping in a, a bathroom in the subway and there's all these weird noises going on outside the door and uh, he just breaks down and starts crying. And I'm watching this movie. Right <laughs> with, there with him. <laughs> yeah. And I started sobbing like just sobbing, crying, like uncontrollably, like sobbing. And my <laughs> wife was like, what is wrong? What is happening? <laughs> is it me? I'm like, no, it's not you. It's a, trust me. I was like, that's going to be me. I can relate to this struggle. And so it was, uh, it was tough. But the, I think the point here is that you're going to hit some walls, you hit some barriers, you're, you know, your career is going to look, it's going to look different for everybody. But um, I definitely had my low points. And, um, but, uh, but you got to keep, you know, so the, the the lesson here is that you're going to hit some walls for sure. Um, but you got to keep going and you got to keep growing. You know, success is all always on the other side of failure. As long as you keep going right. and you keep growing. So you got to keep going, you got to keep giving in demos. And so like, uh, you got to keep getting out the field. You got to keep, you know, uh, you got to keep going. And so, uh, I ended up uh, going on a train more, I think two weeks later. Um, and, just kept going and ended up having my best week ever. Wrote my first Eagle. And then uh, I sold, you know, three times as much my second three months as I did my first three months. And, and the yeah. rest is history. Um, but there was definitely a low point. There was definitely that wall. And uh, I figured, but I figured out the value of referrals, figured out how to ask those tough questions. Right. Um, so I kept going. I kept growing. And, and uh, I'm, I'm glad I did. Well, it sounds like, I mean, some of the things that we've talked about in the first few episodes of this was just the, the value of being 100% just die hard. Committed. Yep. And it sounds like you just epitomize that to the, I mean, fully. Yeah. Yeah. You got to burn your ships. Right. Not that you at certain points in time in your career, not reevaluate, you know, evaluate, hey, I'm, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing, whatever. But you right. can't always be evaluating right. that. You can't <laughs> yeah. be doing it like every month or every three months. You got to sure. say, I'm committed for a certain period of time. You got to burn the ships and saying, hey, I'm going to figure this out. Make it happen. Yeah. Absolutely. For sure. Um, the other lesson, uh, I would say that that helped me, you know, kind of, you know, my first couple of years for sure was just taking ownership in your training. And so um, your trainer is not responsible for your success. You know, your leader, your agency owner, they are not responsible for your success. Do they want to see you succeed? Absolutely. Are they taking ownership and are they saying, yes, I'm responsible for helping you be successful? Yes. But at the end of the day, you are responsible for your training. Your training is up to you. It's not up to family here. It's not the globe life. It's not up to anybody else. So you got to take ownership in your training. And so if you're struggling with something, don't just keep doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Right. You know, if, you know, if you having that burn the ships mentality and that committed mentality, you're going to say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to figure this out. Absolutely. And so I remember, um, uh, 
just an example of that early in my career, I was getting killed by hair salons. Just walk on a hair salon, <laughs> you know, there's all these women in there, they're Always cutting busy. hairs, busy. There's, right. you know, uh, hair dryers going and just, I didn't know what to do. I would kind of do my normal approach and, and, uh, it just it wasn't working, you know, I just right. I couldn't figure it out. And so I, I remember calling, I'm like, all right, I'm going to figure this out. So I called my manager and said, Hey, this is what's going on with hair salons. H- how would you handle this? And he says, Hey, or say this. I'm like, great. Hey, can, this was before Voxer. Hey, can you uh, call me and leave me a voicemail, <laughs> uh, with that approach? And so he called me, uh, called me back, left me a voicemail. I listened to it a few times, wrote it down, memorized it, went in and it worked. And, uh, it was one of those kind of situational approaches. Uh, would it be helpful if we, yeah, do you remember what that was? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, I still use it. Still yeah. use it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So walking into the hair salon, obviously times, you know, the, the good ones are busy, right? They're always, always with somebody. And so you don't always have, uh, an opportunity to just say, Hey, do you have a place you can sit down right now? And sometimes, you know, if you walk in there, they're not with somebody, then yeah, you just do your normal approach and say, right. Hey, do you got a place we can sit down let's, let's do this right now. But a lot of times sure. you're, um, you know, you're going to have to make a, do a 60 second commercial and, and make an appointment. And so, um, yeah, so you walk in and you know, you're like, Hey, uh, are you Dylan? Yep. Hey Dylan. I'm Sean. Hi, nice uh, Sean. Nice to meet you. I work with family heritage, work with a bunch of uh, hair salons and hairstyles and business in the area. I just wanted to pop by and introduce myself. Now I can see you're with somebody here. Um, so, uh, but I'll give you kind of the 60 second version of what I'm doing. And then you can tell me whether or not we should make an appointment or if I should get out of here. Is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So like I said, I work with family heritage. We work with a bunch of hair salons and hairstyles and business owners in town. So like, uh, you probably know Van Davenport and Travis Wilson over at Wilson's hair salon. Yeah, and, of course. Um, and, uh, yeah, but I want to make sure I, I, I talk with you as well. And so we talk about not real fun stuff. So things like cancer, heart attack, strokes, accidents, broken wrist. So not real fun stuff, but stuff that happens. For sure. And, uh, if you were to go through something like that, most hairstyles I talk to, uh, tell me they have some kind of health insurance. They'll yeah. pay doctor bills and hospital charges. And I don't have a whole lot to do with that. I guess with health insurance, do you do something privately or through a spouse or, uh, we, I mean, I guess we do it on our own. Okay. Through the market. Okay, great. So, um, so hopefully that's going to take care of most of your doctor bills. Hopefully. If something happens. Yeah. But as a hairstylist, if you slipped and broke your wrist, if you went through something more serious like cancer, there's other ways you could be impacted financially other than just those doctor bills. It's like I was talking to Susan down the way and she was like, yeah, if I'm not working, I'm not getting paid. Yeah. Um, she, if there's nobody in my chair, there's no money coming in. Can you relate to that? It's true. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so that's where we come in and help. So we do plans that pay money directly to you. Something like that were to happen to serve as that backup plan to help you pay your booth rent, to help you keep your, your bills at home paid. And, um, yeah, and if you stay healthy and don't use it, we actually refund all your money back. Um, mm-hmm. and so the big questions are what's it cost? What's it cover? How do you get your money back? And that's something I can run with you another time. And then you just want to close by making an appointment, right? Yeah, so you right. want to pull out your calendar. Hey, I'm looking at my Thursday. Um, you know, would morning or afternoon be better? Um, and then you want to get them to pull out their calendar and then make that appointment. So, yeah. um, no, that's awesome. And that's, it, that's so good. And it applies to any business, right? Where you are, where there's, they're busy maybe, a, maybe it's a restaurant, mm-hmm. maybe it's, you know, something where there's always something going on is maybe the first approach is getting an appointment as opposed to sitting down. Absolutely. Yeah. Having that 60 second, you know, you want to approach every business just going in with making a right. 60 second commercial <laughs> or make an appointment, but it sure. hair salon's one of those places where you have, and so, so that was just an example of that is just one of those places where I had to take ownership in the training. I was kind of like running across the same objection and had to reach out for help and, yeah. and, uh, and figure that out. Well, that's um, a beautiful example of also that, you know, you were coachable, you know, just, this is what the manager said to do. You tried it, it worked. And I would, based on the, your level of commitment, it seems like even if it didn't work the first time, you probably would have persisted through until it did. Right. Right. Yes. 
So, and that's, I think, an important clarification to make with, with coachability, right? If we're in this business, we, we all get to be coachable, whether we're here for 15 years or 30 years or two years or two weeks or one week. Um, coachability isn't just trying something that someone that has been successful asked you to do or told you to do or said works. It's doing it through all the times that it doesn't work until it works. And uh, that's awesome that you are such an awesome example of coachability one and just being fully commitment through really, really hard times. Yep, absolutely. Uh, another lesson learned would be just uh, always point tr- toward true north. You know, point toward true north. You know, if you're, if you're a ship and you're, you know, uh, trying to follow the lighthouse, you know, if the light goes out, uh, it's easy to drift. And all of a sudden, you know, you're, you, you land where you don't want to land, right? And so in our business, the sales talk is true north. And uh, you're going to stray. <laughs> we all are going to stray at times. But if you're constantly reviewing the sales talk, um, then you're going to end up where you want to be. Um, and, and that's, you know, the sales talk, or just our, our success system in general is true north. And so you always have to remind yourself, all right, this is the fundamentals of the business. And because uh, you're going to stray um, right. and you're going to stray. And so I just remember there was a time I was like doing my price build up and I'd be like, show them the price. And I'd be like, oh, that's not horrible. <laughs> and uh, thankfully, I had my manager, you know, in the field with me and he, ca- he caught it. And he was like, hey, well, what was what why are you? Yeah. I'm like basically telling people it's expensive. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he's like, you need to pull out your sales talk, you know? And so I just remember pulling out the sales talk. And then when I started training people, um, it, you know, forced me to like constantly pull Make up sure my sales talk. That yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think that's, that's helped, but you gotta, you know, you gotta always point towards, towards true North. And, uh, and really for us, the big thing is make sure you read, reread, yeah. keep reading your sales talk. Um, cause you're going to stray. Yeah. And we've talked about auditing your sales talk in the past. And if any of these things that come up over and over and over again, they come up over and over and over again, because it's really important. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, that's just something that I've experienced right. and, and learned the hard way. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> um, another lesson, just always be running for goals and incentives. So always be running for something, you know? Um, I feel like there was times in my career where maybe I rationalized like, oh, I'm not really, I don't really care about going to Mexico or I don't really care about the idea of your jacket or whatever. You know, there was times where I found like I, I rationalized not running for certain goals or incentives. And, um, you know, I think that was just a, a, a symptom of coasting, you know, and maybe not being as engaged in the businesses as, as, uh, as, as I should have been. And so if you catch yourself saying those things, just be aware that, hey, that might be a direction you're headed. And so uh, get excited about the goals. Get excited. If you're, you know, if, if, if your manager does an incentive, your leader does a, an incentive for a stupid pen, <laughs> get really excited about the pen, you know. Get really excited about the goals because in the process of running for your, those short-term goals and those little short-term things, you're going to hit your long-term goals. And so I remember just getting really fired up about hitting Mexico or just – you know, visualizing, hitting, I dare you and putting the jacket on, just getting excited about that. Uh, you know, those little things, you know, uh, generated uh, a, a residual income stream that allowed for some really big things to happen. Right. You know, like running the, those, those first two years, running for I dare you, running for Mexico. And then my third year, all right, we took a month off and took a trip to Europe. You know, we put 20% down on a house. You know, my wife was able to stop working. Um, those are the big things that happen as a result of running for those, those short-term goals. Yeah. And so just get excited for them and run for them. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's huge for me. I mean, I, I know in the process of just being dedicated to developing an emotional intelligence and, 
and striving to go after my goals. I, I guess I've been very conscious about not riding the really high highs and not riding the really low lows. But unfortunately, in the process of becoming a mental giant, sometimes we can become mental midgets because we don't, or emotional midgets, just because we don't let ourselves experience those things that are a really great part of life, like being really excited about a trip that you've maybe, maybe you've gone to Mexico a bunch of times, or maybe you've won, you know, a lot of the different incentives, but just being able to stay excited about things is such an important part of life. And, uh, and that's a good reminder. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Yeah. Well, there's a balance there. There is a balance there for sure. (laughs) For sure. But um, and just last piece, last, last piece here is just know that it's worth it. You know, I've been here, so January will be my uh, 15th year anniversary. And so in the process of doing all this, you know, uh, we can make a massive difference, um, you know, in the lives of others, in our own lives. Um, I know for me, just residuals um, are real. I mean, there's people that are, you know, just watching what you're doing, Dylan, is, is amazing. And uh, so, you know, you keep doing what you're doing for as long as I've been in the business. <laughs> Your business is going to be a lot b- bigger than mine. But just even somebody that's just kind of stuck around and, and done the right activities consistently over time, right. um, you know, those residuals, are they're real. I just remember in the beginning, it was like, all right, it's paying my Netflix bill. Right. Like my <laughs> yeah. first residual check was like, oh, my, well, okay, $7 a month. <laughs> And then, uh, but then eventually it's like, okay, my cable bill is paid for the rest of my life. Okay. My mortgage is paid for. And, you know, we got to a point, you know, several years ago where it's like, all right, residuals exceeded all of our household bills. Right. And, uh, that's a, that's a fun place to be. Um, and so that it gets better, uh, by doing all these little things that we're talking about. And then, and then you make a massive difference in the lives of others, you know, and, uh, through our product. I mean, I've had clients, you know, to have somebody tell you, hey, I thank God every single day that you sold me that policy. I mean, to have somebody like thanking God that you sold them something. I right. mean, who gets to do that? I mean, that's <laughs> incredible that we get to sell a product that, that can be that meaningful to somebody. And delivered return of premium checks to people that, um, you know, in a perfect world, they've done a great job saving money. and all. But, you know, a lot of people haven't. Right. And so that return of premium check, it's been sometimes uh, just massive. You know, we... Delivered one, one of our agents delivered one recently, and this this couple was able to take a vacation for the first time. And you know they've been just working their butt off, blue collar family, and finally were able to take a really cool vacation. And they used the return premium check for that. And so um, delivered a check to a lady that ran a homeless shelter and was low on funds. And we all of a sudden show up with this big check, and she was like, "I've, I've been praying for funds for my homeless shelter, and here you come with this big return premium check. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that is awesome. Gosh, that's cool." It's uh yeah no I have I have not had the opportunity to deliver one of those checks yet but I'm I'm looking forward to it but I'm so glad that we were able to have you on today I uh, I really think that this is going to be extremely helpful for a lot of the people that are listening uh, because while some people do come in and you just crush at this business right away that's not the case for everybody right and uh, it's uh it's just it's cool to see you know whether someone comes in and gets a ridiculous results immediately or does not get that great of results immediately the one who's going to be the most successful in the end is the one that is willing to persist through the challenges of the job regardless of the success or lack of success that they see right off the bat Um, i just you know you're a great example of someone who was willing to stick and stay and make it pay and it is definitely doing that so uh, very refreshing to hear from you and uh yeah, I guess, is there anything that you'd want to say just to kind of wrap us up and close this out? Yeah, I, I would close with uh, that, you know, success in our business is about doing the right activities consistently over time. 
And uh, I heard that from the very beginning of my career. I've said it over and over and over again. And it's just, it really is true. You know, just what are those key habits that you've got to do, that you've got to form? And, and it's just, if you do those consistently over time, it's going to be a roller coaster, um, but it's going to be a roller coaster that trends upward. And, uh, you know, revenue has gone up every single year I've been in this business and uh, keeps going up. And then we keep making a bigger difference in the lives of others. And just know that you're going to have some obstacles along the way, but it's worth it. So good. Thanks for being on, man. We appreciate your time. What a great example. Um, man, the, the obstacles are going to be there, but it gets better because we do do the right activities consistently. And over time, it will be worth it big time. But again, just great example of someone who stays committed, stays coachable, uh, definitely didn't come natural or easy to him in the beginning, but he stayed the course. And 15 years later, he's got a heck of a lot to show for it. So next week, you do not want to miss it. We got a heck of a guest, Amber Winfrey, passionately running us through what she calls the brick wall, uh, relatable for every single person out there going through any kind of roadblock that they feel like they're, they are in in our career. If you're in a brick wall right now and you think it before even here in the part, you might be, get excited. It's time to run right through it. And whoo, this part is good. So excited to have you back with us next thankful Thursday. Go elevate and we will see you at the top. This has been an Elevated Podcast production. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to check out our Instagram page at Elevated Financial. Like, share, and let us know what you want to hear more of. 